Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner. And we're bringing you the day after reckoning where we break down the Washington Commanders game the day before. And it was something. Washington loses at home to the New York Giants. And uh, this is a big one when it comes to the playoff race. It's uh, They lost 20-12. to 12. Mm-hmm. They had a chance there, Stoner. It looked like this was going to go back into overtime at 2020. Did not, did not happen. Of course, uh, we are sponsored. Before we get into the action, we're sponsored by Pacers Running for every run. Make sure you check them out either in store in the five locations they have in the DMV, or you can check them out online. Uh, we're sponsored by the Sky Bar, which is where our man Trev is right now. They're in Lexington, Virginia. Check them out. I'm told this is going to be his last Monday of the year that they are open as it is winter break there for the college. So make sure you check them out uh, when you can mention ref the district, get yourself a free drink Mm. and at manscaped.com enter the code ref R E F for 20% off free shipping as well. So make sure you go there, use that discount. That's that's your money. You don't even have to, you don't give us money. You just save yourself money. And uh, that's how that one works out for you. Now that I got the sponsorship messages out of the way, Stoner. Yeah, man. We had the opportunity before we even get too much into the game game aspect of it. Yeah. We had the pleasure, if you want to call it that. No, it was a good time. It was a good time. Good company to go. We were in the red zone lot, and uh, then we were in a suite for the game. You want to tell us about your experiences with that there at FedEx Field? It's been a hot minute since you've joined us, right? Yeah, it's it's been probably a year and a half since uh, last time I've been to FedEx to a game. And, of course, uh, as you said, we went to the suite. So that was really nice. And we're going to have some videos on our page later on showing a little bit of the suite life. And it, it really is an amazing situation to walk in there. The view is is incredible. Um, it's, you know, like it's a sweet life. So the seats are just cushy and it's, it's angled real nicely. So you can see no matter what seat you're sitting in there, you've got free food, you've got free regular drinks. Um, and so it's just, you have a waitress who comes by and takes care of you, all of that good stuff. Now I'm going to get into the stuff that I didn't much care for, but before that, it, it, it's great. It's a. I think it's a great value. I think the the rumors, or not the rumors, but the um, or the narrative that FedEx is a dump and it's run down. It's it's really not. It's not as bad as we think. And I'm sure we were in a suite as compared to being just kind of in a regular seat. But we've been in the regular seats before, right? And it's not terrible. Okay, it's not modern. It's not great, okay, but it's not a dump. I just want to make that clear, especially if, if you're in the suites, of course. But it's just not as bad as people make it out to be. But we didn't get a World Cup game in 2026, so I don't know what's going on there. The nation's capital doesn't get a World Cup game, and people want to blame it on the stadium. I don't think it's the stadium. I think it's just pure politics, as we all know, a World Cup Um officials are yeah, very- yeah. They, they had no problem with politics this year right 
Well, that's what I'm saying. It's all about politics. That's probably why you didn't get a game here in D.C. when they're here four years from now. But uh, but let me say a few things about the stadium or about our experience. First of all, when you're going up to the suites, it's not easy to get there. Okay, they only have a couple of elevators, and there's a lot of suites, so there's a lot of people. It's not like a suite where there's like six or seven people. Okay, the suite fits about twenty five, maybe, as far as seats are concerned. It's like yeah, five, six, five, six, six, I think. Six. Yeah, something like that. So it's it's somewhere at about 25 seats, and that's one suite. And there's 100 suites or so just on one end. And there's like two elevators to get up there. Or you can take the stairs five floors up. Nobody wants to do that, right? So when you're leaving, especially at the end of the game, and when you got a close game and everyone's leaving at the same time, you've got a long line for the elevators. Or you're going to go down the stairs, and by the way, the level below is going through the stairs. The level below that's going through the stairs. And so it just bottlenecks in this in these tiny stairs. Okay, I get it. Sweet people problems, right? This is, this is like not that. I was, I was about to say, you're, you, you, this is definitely first world problems. Yeah, first like, world problems, yeah. exactly. But also another thing that I kind of had a problem with was the speakers didn't work in our suite. So you couldn't hear what the referee was saying. You couldn't hear the announcements from the stadium. And none of the none of the speakers worked. Okay. That's a minor deal, but still it's a little bit annoying. It is annoying. And and even in our normal seats for EP and I, that, that's been an issue. Is that's, you can't, has it? Yeah, you can't hear hear anything. It's not too bad for, for me because I have uh, uh that can set off some migraines for me. So mm. but when you're up in the suite and you can't necessarily see the action as clearly, I mean, you got good, we had good seats, not, not say we didn't, but yeah, you're a little bit further away. And some of the, the details might not be as strong. Yeah. So, and then, and then the last thing I will just say is that the alcohol prices are outrageous and you understand that going in, you're at a sporting event, they've got you cornered so that there's nowhere else to get alcohol. Although you guys made the trip, across town or whatever, across the other end of the stadium to get two drinks. And you brought me one back, and I appreciated that. Shh, that might um, not be kosher. <laughs> I didn't say where you went or where <laughs> you got it from. Uh, but, uh, but you know, we had a those little cups, not, not a red Solo cup, just those little plastic mm-hmm. clear cups, okay, for a rum and Coke was $12.50. And one can of beer which it was the skinny beer. It wasn't even as big as this. It was a skinny beer, uh, but not like a tall boy. I mean, it was probably a 12 ounce. Okay. And that was $10. Okay. That's a little, little much, but they add a service charge just because they can. Okay. So I guess that's their way of saying our prices are low, but Hey, here's a service charge. Right. And they add automatic 25% gratuity. Okay. That's insane. I'm just saying that's outrageous to add a 25% automatic gratuity. You can't do anything about it. That's a little much. That's the only problems I had. And uh, before we go any further, I did want to say a big shout out to EP for doing all the behind the scenes work um, and, you know, throwing in the cash, uh, as much cash as she put in for that. Really appreciate all the work that uh, she did for that. And 
because it was an awesome spot. It was. And we had a great time. Yeah, you're, you're kind of stealing a little bit of my thunder there oh, okay. because I, I was you I was going to jump in and be like, hey, I was hoping you were going to end on a positive note and then I could stay, stay with the positive. Yeah. Uh, but that's a great positive note to to end this on because honestly the experience was amazing and it's all because of EP doing a stand up job mm-hmm. not just as uh, my wife but our our legit executive producer making sure we're taken care of. Uh, she set up a, a huge t- uh, tailgate thing. We had a couple tents. It was mm-hmm. enclosed with the heater so that way we can stay a little bit warm because it was a very chilly day. Uh, You'll see probably in the the video, but I'm going to spoil this part. We moved locations. Uh, we had originally set up in like the middle of the red zone lot. The wind was fierce. And so we just decided we were going to move to where there was less wind mm. and took full tents and everything up just across the lot. People people were looking at us like we were, we were crazy, but Insane, it worked right? out because it was a much better location without the, the, the wind beating us down over there in the, the corner. The Red Zone lot in Hassel, I just, you know, we got hooked up with some Beer Fest tickets. So we got to go see the Beer Fest. That was pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Support some of the local breweries here in the area. So I thought that was uh, that was a, that was a nice little thing there. Red Zone lot was hopping. Uh, I, I like the extra space you get in the Red Zone lot. And you get out there a little hour early. It was mm-hmm. a little further away from the stadium than I expected. But, Agreed. Yep. Um, I think you're, you're doing that. You're giving up the – are you getting extra space – and uh, that's kind of the the switcheroo there. Uh, the suite was amazing. It was really nice. Uh, again, great seats. We got to see, uh, you know, first, uh, you know, firsthand Terry McLaurin getting flagged for uh, apparently not being on the line, and then we yeah. got to see Curtis Samuel absolutely be mugged. We 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 were right behind, right below us. yeah, right right behind this scene right here for our audio listeners. I'm sharing. Uh, Number thirty-nine here from the Giants hugging Curtis Samuel. Yeah, uh, in the end zone. We were we were like, if you look at that guy's shoulder, the Giants' shoulder, we're like right behind him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, in the suite level, not on the uh, thing, but we were right there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and, and we'll great get to view that. to see. Yeah, <laughs> great view to see that someone was getting mugged. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a neat experience, and uh, I'm glad that we were able to do it. So again, thanks EP for 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 kind of shouldering the the load on there, and make sure that we all had a good time. So. Yep. And you were, I, I know you're going to mention also um, about our season of giving winner. Ethan was there, and mm-hmm. and and you'll talk. I guess you'll talk a little bit about that. But I had to apologize to uh, Ethan and his girlfriend because as soon as that last play ended, and they didn't throw a flag. And the Giants' offense was coming out. We were out of there. I just turned. We turned around and turned I just, to, as Ethan was I, also on his way out. I we got to say bye, yeah. and I forgot to say you know. Yeah, I just, yeah shout out I to just, Ethan making making the drive up with Elena there uh, from uh, from Richmond. Uh, so and then having to turn around after that game. I mean, it was brutal. Uh, yeah. You know, I thankfully don't have as much of a drive coming from the, the Annapolis side, but just leaving the stadium after a loss that feeling just sucks it was the worst it's just awful yeah but uh, no we appreciate ethan coming out and i hope that he enjoyed the experience as well um you know talking with him it did i wish i wish we would have rearranged seats to so that way we got to have him um down i just wish there was more for us to celebrate too i know washington put up 12 points they only had a few big plays like it was just there wasn't a lot of excitement yeah 
And that's a problem. And then that's what we're going to be talking about here uh, on the day after reckoning as we move away from kind of our experience at the stadium in the suite and into just how this game went. We got lots of people in the chat. John was here early uh, sharing his thoughts. We got Daniel and Aaron Alcatone. Welcome back. Joshua, Mike Lee, Command D, Scott Turner must go. I've been defending Scott Turner quite a bit. Mm-hmm. As I, I. I, I don't know that I can defend him this game. I'm I there can't. with you. Oh, Doug's in the house. This game. Yeah, the I'm Doug's not, in this house. The OGs also here, EP in the chat. Hopefully she stuck around and heard all the nice things we had to say about her. Uh, we had some spam I had a block as well. Uh, tall stack 6161 here. Uh, we appreciate everyone, Michael, in here. And this one hits really true to home. If you can score more than 12 points, you don't have to complain about one or two bad calls by the officials. And yeah, of that's course. kind of where I'm at, Stoner, with this is mm-hmm. just kind of go, giving you my kind of two sentences here okay. for the game mm-hmm. is we're holding ourselves back. We can't blame it on the refs. Uh, well, wait, what do you mean by that? We're holding ourselves back by blaming it on the refs? No, 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 no. no. So so those are if I if summed it up in two sentences, we're the ones holding ourselves back. Okay. Gotcha. And we can't blame it on the refs. Yes. Like it's easy to sit there. And I did share the Curtis Samuel bear hug uh, right. picture. And absolutely that needs to get called. And absolutely that gives Washington a mm-hmm. chance to tie it up. Mm-hmm. But you scored 12 points up mm-hmm. to this point. Right. That's you exactly put yourselves right. into this position. You were the ones who, you know, were at the uh, Tay and Taj had a wonderful uh, tweet here. Uh, the commanders reached the 34, the Giants 34, the five, and the one yard line. Three different drives scored zero points. Right. And zero the five points. and the one were on yeah. their last two possessions. Yeah. Obviously, of the game. yeah. One of those was the the bear hug situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, fine. But the you, that's still two times where you are that that close in and you come up with zero points. Right. So you can't blame the refs for that. That's all on all on you. Right. You're the Absolutely. you're the ones who gave up a sack, fumble, recovery for a touchdown. The That's defense, right. a lot of people were were maligning the defense even there at the stadium. But Stoner, mm. the defense gave up 13 points. Defense was fantastic. They had, they had uh, one bad drive. I'm not going to go fantastic. They gave up they one, did they had one drive. Yeah, okay. One drive and a fourth and nine. If you're a top five defense, you don't get a four. You don't have a fourth and nine completed against. You. Untrue, untrue, blatantly, blatantly untrue. The greatest defenses who have ever played on this planet have had games where they've given up a fourth and nine and given up a seventeen or eighteen play drive before, in in one game. Okay, the greatest defenses in the world give up points. They give up yeah, big sure. plays. They give up long drives, okay? But it's the consistency of how they don't do it very often. And this defense doesn't do that very often. Sure. They did it one time in this game, and sure, they went right down and and they scored after those 18 plays, and you don't want that to happen. But still, they otherwise, they were fantastic in this game, and they weren't terrible on that drive either. They just played... The Giants outplayed them on that one drive. Yeah, one drive out of nine drives or whatever that the uh, the Giants had that game. 
Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Command D's. It's a B plus for the defense for me. Uh, Doug here, one drive when killing off the game, making it an eight point lead. Not great defensive play. And that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm not dogging the defense. I think that the defense played well. Again, they only allowed 13 points. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that was that long touchdown, touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. But sure. it, uh, you, the for the most part they did their work they did their job the offense continues to not do its job so we, b plus is not excellent it's good mm. i would maybe even say great but yes ex- okay. excellent like you're talking a plus is excellent mm, okay all right i can now, I now can we're getting very ticky tacky into the words which i can appreciate some of the 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 notion but no, it's they were they were good. I'm not going to complain about the defensive effort. I do think that drive, it was frustrating. The Giants come out trying to complete a fourth and nine. They take mm-hmm. a timeout, gives them extra time to think about it, mm-hmm. and said, "Nope, we're still going to go for this fourth and nine, and then made it look like it was nothing. It was like so, col- watching college ball out there where they go for fourth and thirteen and make it. So the rest of the game, to include that final drive that the Giants had, okay, when they uh when they were running the ball, when when uh Saquon had those three straight run plays over 10 yards, right? And they went down and eventually kicked a 50 yard field goal. Including that drive, okay, I'm only taking out the long drive in the first half that the Giants had. Only subtracting that. The Giants had nine drives for less than 200 yards of total offense. Now, you can't take that away. It counts. I understand all that. I'm just saying that's how well the defense played consistently throughout the game. They just had that one drive that they gave up, and that happens over the course of the game. Like I said, you go look at the 85 Bears. You go look at the 2,000 Ravens. They have most of their games, they give up points. It's not like the greatest defenses in the world were shutting everybody out every week. So it's the consistency, just like when we talk about this offense. Does this offense have the ability to make plays every now and then? Yes, but consistently, no, they can't do it. It's just the opposite with the defense. So I just take a little bit of umbrage when people say that the defense was not good yesterday. I, I didn't say it wasn't good. I okay, said it I wasn't know, you excellent. Did. You're right. Yeah, I said it wasn't excellent. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Now, I Got that was that we kind of took my two lines and we, we, we kind of put them out there. What was your yeah. overall reaction to the game yesterday? Uh Okay, I'll say I'll say two things to the two lines like like you had. First of all, is that um, Washington absolutely blew their chance to take control of a playoff spot. They absolutely blew it, and now New York has exactly what Washington should have had. Right, that control. They have mm-hmm. the Giants have a dominant. Position. I was about to say because Washington still has control of their destiny, right? Now the the schedule's a little bit harder than that, uh, right? And they don't have room for error. The Giants have some room for error, according exactly. to five thirty. Yeah, five thirty eight. The Giants have an eighty seven percent chance to make the playoffs right. now. That was supposed to be us. They yeah exactly. They basically need to win one more game the rest mm-hmm. of the year, and they're in. Which I do believe they can, right? That That's uh, their their clinch is they can clinch this next week, and this would have, again, have mm-hmm. been us. They clinch if they beat the Vikings yep. and get 
lot two two of three of these teams losing Detroit, Seattle, and Washington. That's right. I don't know Wash or I don't know Seattle's opponent or Detroit's, but I know Detroit has Detroit kind of plays Carolina at home. Detroit, Detroit has a simple schedule. They have yeah. like Carolina, um, Chicago, and so they have a very easy schedule. But listen, they're still not going three and zero. I'm just telling you right now. I said they weren't going four and zero. They're not going. They weren't going five and zero. They're not. The, the so, thing is, is you might not have try. to now, right? You don't. You might not have to go three and right, right. They don't. If you're a Detroit, because Washington lost, because Seattle has been looking rather, you know, ugly. Oh, by the way, Seattle plays the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Well, well, look, Detroit basically does have to go three and zero. They they need to get to ten wins because they have to leapfrog a couple teams, but they can get help along they're, the way. They're at seven and seven right now. They're 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 really so, not that yeah. far behind. Right. So the second part of my statement. As you already mentioned it, Washington still controls their own destiny. You win out, you're in. They're not going to win out, okay? But they have the control right here. And all they have to do is grab it and take it and get in the playoffs. And and you can say that this team is not good enough to beat anybody in the playoffs. I get that. But you just want to get there. That doesn't mean you just give up. Oh, we're not good enough to get in the playoffs, so let's just not – Try to get to the playoffs? No. Get in the dance, right? And see what happens. When we were seven and nine a few years ago with Taylor Heineke playing against Tampa in a wild card game at home, almost beat them. Not a wild card game. Tampa was a wild card, but it was a home game because you were a division champion. You almost beat Tampa, who went on to win the Super Bowl. Get to the dance and Anything can happen. Chip in a chair, right? Chip, Chip in a chair. chair. That's all you need, man. So, this, so hey, there, good I to mean, see my buddy uh, Brian Newby in here. Nice to see you, Brian. The uh, Yam is 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 kind of he's voicing an opinion. I've heard this quite a bit. Okay, uh, this team doesn't deserve the playoffs after that stinker and the stinker of the week before. A lot of I this just, fan base seems to feel like the season is over now. Right. Like, right. Don't even make the playoffs. At this point, like don't even try because this this loss shows that even if they do sneak into the playoffs, they're doomed from the start. You're kind of going the opposite direction. You're saying like, no, chip in a chair. You you gotta you gotta play for the playoffs. You know, I know we're not team tank. We're never never desiring to to tank. Yeah, but how much do the playoffs mean to you and to the Commanders? The playoffs mean everything. Do you remember? Does everybody remember two years ago when they were seven and nine and in the playoffs and you almost beat Tampa and Heineke's running all over the place and the atmosphere that that created and the joy that it brought you? You just, no matter what, even when you're seven and nine and you get in the playoffs, great. You never know what hap- what can happen. You're always going to want to try. How many wild card teams have won the? Won the title. Tampa did it. Uh, the Giants did it. I believe twice with Eli Manning. I believe they were wild card. Uh, you know, first weekend players in both of their uh, most recent championships. You just got to get there, man. You just got to fight and claw every single week. And none of this. We're not good enough to win a playoff game. Uh, we don't deserve to get in. Hell yeah, you deserve to get in. If you do better than the other teams. You deserve every bit of that playoff uh, position. You absolutely deserve to get in if you 
earn your way in regardless of your record. Tampa might get in this year with a losing record. Okay, they don't deserve it. Hell yeah, they deserve it. Are they probably going to lose first round? Probably, but you never know. You get in there and you see what happens. Yeah, I I I want this team to be successful and 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 I want this team to win games and I you know, so the playoffs do mean something. Uh, as we got uh, Elian's uh, take in here, the playoffs mean bragging rights, but honestly, without a Super Bowl appearance, it's worthless. I think there's some building blocks there, and I think that if you get this this team experience, you hear this a lot more, probably more in basketball, I'd say. But like, if you have a young team, which Washington does have a, a relatively young team, absolutely. If you get them playoff experience, and then they're back in the playoffs next year, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear the fact like, oh, this is a team that's been to the playoffs before. They know what to expect because it is a different intensity. It is a different environment, and you know. So I think that there's value. You don't think, you know, getting players like Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Jonathan Allen. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to lose probably Montez Sweat and Jerron Payne, getting those guys to the playoffs and seeing unleashing them. Maybe that's exactly what a guy in a contract year wants mm-hmm. is a chance to show, hey, I'm in the playoffs. I'm supposed to be playing against the best and I'm showing up. And so you can go, absolutely go on a tear. Look at the Giants and their and the Super Bowls they won. They were they were wild card, um, you know, entries and they mm-hmm. went on a tear. Now I'm not going to compare because they're, uh, you know, they, their team is probably more complete than our team right now. There's and a lot of Hall questions. He's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. He will. He sh- okay. It's debatable whether or not he should, but he will go. That's <laughs> yeah. that's fair. The, the the problem is, is this team continues to have very obvious flaws. Even the defense, which we which we said performed well, mm-hmm. like they gave up, you know, not an insignificant number of rushing yards. So, um. Okay, I I mean 128. 128. Yeah, at a four point three clip. Yeah, you know, so Gi- not not horrible. Not the Giants horrible. were better. The Giants were better all around yesterday. They were better defensively. They were better offensively. Daniel Jones played better. Their game plan on offense and defense was better. Their game plan that they put together on offense is exactly what Washington should do. And I don't get why they try to be so cute. Although I have a theory slash rant about Scott Turner that I want to get to later. Okay. But that's exactly what they should be doing. Daniel Jones went back and I started charting it. I just did the, I ended up just doing the first half. Okay. Oh, no, that was Taylor Heineke. Sorry. I did not chart Daniel Jones because I was too tired of watching the game. But I'll bet you if you go back and chart his dropbacks, I don't think he had more than two five-step drops. Well, they were Dinkin and Duncan. That's all he did. All over. They were ta- this was and the it was exact perfect. opposite of two weeks ago where they were launching it deep. This mm-hmm. game, they were keeping everything in front yeah. of Washington and just moving down the field. That's right. Uh, you know, a, yeah, a lot of their drives didn't amount to anything. They did have the one long drive, but they're keeping everything in front. There is as as great and otherworldly as our defensive tackles can be. There is a, a a significant flaw, I think, that we're seeing with this team because I've seen seen it. Uh, I saw it yesterday with the Giants. And I saw it in a couple games these last two or three uh, games that Washington had. Washington is getting beat up the middle with runs, 
that are delayed, right? Just that slight right. delay. They That's let right. those tackles crush in, mm -hmm. and then they give the ball to, in this case, you know, a very good running back in Saquon right. Bar Barkley, and he just has nothing but open field in front of him. That's right. Because so. why? Because you're playing a five-man front, one linebacker, and you got a safety in the box usually, or McCain is down there somewhere, or Forrest is down. But you have one linebacker that you're playing. If you watch the Sunday Night Football when they did the uh, the starting lineup and the guys say who they are and where they're from, five D, D linemen, Jamin Davis, five DBs. That's exactly how the starting, starting lineup was introduced. And that's what happens, exactly what you said. You've got five D linemen. You let them come up, right? And you do that delayed handoff, and you've got Jamin Davis. And maybe, you know, Bostic was in there a fair amount during that game. But you see how limited he is because you don't have uh, Cole Holcomb in there. Or you Mayo is in there, maybe a, a play or two or whatever. But you're exactly right. They figured out a way to neutralize the strength of the Washington defense. It's not that they figured out a way to beat them at their own game. No, they just figured out a way to neutralize their strengths and make it a strength for your offense. And it worked. They had a better game plan, which is, you know, infuriating because Washington had so much time to plan for this. And, and they did make adjustments. Like I said, Bostic was in there more in the second half. You saw him in there more. So they were doing much better in the second half until that last drive, right? That last drive when Barkley just ripped off uh, three straight long runs. But then they shut him down after that. But, man, it's just – it's why can't – okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now my theory as to why Scott Turner does not develop a proper game plan. That everybody in the world, everybody on the planet – knows what Washington's offensive weakness is, right? We can't pass protect. We don't have a quarterback with a strong arm, right? And we've got these great weapons, but we got to keep the quarterback from getting those weapons, right? So all Washington should be doing is running the ball down the field, right? If you remember on Washington's second uh, drive that they had, okay, after the fumble, the sack fumble that Thibodeau, Thibodeau got, right? Washington gets it. They go seven yards to Brian Robinson up the middle. Beautiful. Awesome, right? Exactly what you want to do. You know what they did on second down? They ran a flea flicker, okay? It didn't work. I, I'm kind of okay with the flea flicker, to be honest, right? They ran a flea flicker, and it didn't connect on second and three. You know what they did on third and three? They ran Curtis Samuel up the middle. Curtis Samuel up the middle, okay, on third and three. What did he get? Two and a half yards, and they had to punt. You just had Brian Robinson, who had been running at a seven yards per carry clip, and you decide not to give him the ball. You know why? Because Scott Turner is young, and you know, and he's not going to be able to convince owners, general managers, that he's head coaching material if he if all he does is give Brian Robinson the ball 40 times a game and Washington wins 13 to 10. Okay? He's not going to be able to get a head coaching job. He has to show creativity. He has to show 
that he's just not the pound the pound the rock up and down the field, even though that's the key to Washington winning the game. Quick passes, B Rob left, B Rob right, uh, Gibson when B Rob's tired, maybe some Jonathan Williams if you have to or whatever. That's how Washington can win, and he just won't do it because he won't get a head coaching job that way. So that's so my theory. Can you can you sum up what you think the Washington offense needs to do in four words? They just need to run the damn ball. It's okay. crazy because that's their identity, is it not, Nathan? This is Washington's identity. And they were successful. And this this is what was frustrating to me. You mentioned, and, and we see it in the, the chat here as well from Command D's, Brian Robinson ran at a 7.4-yard clip. You, you, Heineke had a couple, you know, three scrambles for 33 yards. Antonio Gibson, five for 21. Like, I mean, the, the running game was there. Deami Brown got involved with the, mm-hmm. with like a little jet sweep action, one for 15. Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel was the only one who was not having a good day rushing. Yeah. Stop and honestly, I don't the hate the five attempts that he got. You right. have to make, you do have to mix it up on occasionally. You just have to know when to mix them up. Yeah. Brian Robinson having 12 carries is criminal. When he has 89 yards, you have to keep feeding him. And this is where I'm going to disagree here in the comment with the comments uh, section. All right, let me see if I can figure it out here. That's from Elian here. Um, you can't run if you're two scores, if yeah, you're yeah. down two scores. You can't. Absolutely you, can. you were 14-3 at half. You absolutely still have the time to mm-hmm. run the ball. And, and that opening 100%. drive is something that they, the opening half drive, where they did score was it, it, it mixed it up. Taylor Heineke passed short left to uh, Terry McLaurin, and he passes again to Terry McLaurin. Two big mm-hmm. uh, plays there, uh, 18 yards, 13 yards. Then that Deami Brown run for 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Brian, Rab- Brian Robinson left tackles two yards, but there's a penalty on Logan Thomas. You move it back. No, uh, no they play. overcame that, though, right? Yep, because Heineke passed short right to McLaurin for 20 yards, passed short left to Jahan Dotson 11 yards, and then a pass from from Heineke. They passed that almost that entire time, gave Brian Robinson one uh, rush that uh, missed, and De'Ami Brown won. Mm-hmm. But they that entire drive took off four minutes. You could have taken more time off and gotten yourself into a one-score game with more than a quarter and a half left. You would have had two-thirds of a, the third quarter and a full quarter to come back down one score, and your defense was doing its job. Now, they did give up a field goal on uh, the the next drive, mm-hmm. but uh, and then Washington had a three-and-out. Surprise, surprise after that. But the defense, again, three-and-out after this, and then it gave a short field to Washington where they managed only a field goal. But you yeah. absolutely can run. You can't run two scores down if you only have the fourth quarter. Okay, and then you have to kind of pick and choose when you're doing those runs. Yeah. But going into the second half down 14 to three, you had time to still run the ball with Brian Robinson, That's especially right. when he's giving you seven yards a carry. Yeah, you, you got don't, you don't move away from your strength. You got the three and out on the first first possession of the second half. You got the Giants on a three and out. You get the ball back. You go right down the field and you score a touchdown. To get within 14-9, we can talk about the two-point conversion and the and the horrific call there. But so you're at 14-9, and you've got basically the entire second half. Of course, you still run the ball when you get a chance. 
They had eight run plays in the second half total. Eight. Diami had one. Curtis Samuel had two. Heineke had one. Gibson had one. And um, B-Rob had four. The entire second half, that eight runs. Now, when you were down 17 to 12 and 20 to 12 late in the fourth quarter, then yeah, you're going to be throwing the ball pretty much every down. We get that. But at 14 to three, at 14 to nine, you keep running the yeah. ball. You B, B Rob had four carries down. for 34 yards in the second, <sighs> the, the second half. Eight yards of carry in the second half. Yep. Bri- by the way, that, that, that three and out that they had after scoring the touchdown. Brian Robinson left or right guard for seven yards. Then Taylor Heineke pass incomplete. And then that Samuel uh, run up the middle for two yards, put it at fourth and one. They punt the ball. Yeah. That, yeah. That was the, the set seven yards you said, or eight. He ran for seven yards seven, and it was yeah. an incomplete pass. And then it was Curtis yeah, the Samuel. Incomplete pass was the, uh, was the flea flicker that they tried to throw the bomb to Diami, which again, I'm kind of okay with, but if you're going to come back on third and three, then you run B Rob. I mean, there's just, but you know what? Scott Turner's, like I said, he's not going to get a head coaching job if he's just running Brian Robinson 30 to 40 times a game. He's not because he's not showing innovation, creativity, uh, using all your weapons in different ways and all this other stuff. That's the problem that I think Scott Turner is having because we all know it. We all know what this offense needs to do, and it's just run the ball and short dropbacks, not these five-step drops. With Heineken, not with this offensive line. You just stop, can't do it. Stop lining up in shotgun on third and short to run the ball. I right, just, right. I just, just the amount of he is he, Scott Turner is getting way too cute for himself. He is. He, the, 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 how many times did we see an empty backfield? Right, and and, and, and on these the sack fumble, it's second and eighteen at your own ten, and you got an empty backfield. You already know your five offensive linemen are not good enough, okay? So now you're taking a guy who's already been dominating the first quarter and you're leaving him out there and you're and you're going no help for with anybody in the backfield. And he took a five-step drop from a from the shotgun. That's a long developing play at your own goal line. It's insane the 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 sort of plays that he calls all the time. He gets too cute. He gets tries to be too creative sometimes. And there's a fine line there. You want to be creative. You want to keep the defense where they're on their heels and they don't know what's coming. You guys got guys in motion left and right and Samuel's getting the ball and B-Rob's getting the ball and Gibson's getting the ball and all this other stuff. But there's also a, you know, sometimes it's too much. Just get to the basics and run the guy who's running for seven and a half yards of carry. Or even the next guy who's running more than four yards of carry. We're going to sh- give a shout out here to the great Watubi. Nice. $5 donation, two weeks to prepare and come out so flat. Stoney, you yeah. actually had some stats yeah. on this bye week. Do you have those handy? Yeah, right I, I went and I went and charted it because I was a little bit curious. And, and like I said uh, on last Wednesday's show that I found it curious it feels like in the NBA, at least, okay, on the second games of back-to-back nights, the team that's on their back-to-back, usually they seem to play well. Because, I don't know, it's like when you don't have to think about it, when you don't have all this stuff going on in your head, you just go out and you just play, mm-hmm. okay? It's the same sort of thing. These bye weeks seem to over-prepare guys, if you will. 
That's kind of the way I look at it. So I went back and I just looked at this year, 2022. I didn't want to spend hours on this research. But the teams are 17 and 14 coming off of bye weeks this year. 17 so no and noticeable advantage to have that extra time. Right. You got one game. Green Bay was off last week, and they're playing tonight. Okay, so that's what will give you your 17 and 15 or 18 and 14, your 32 teams. Interestingly, a couple things in there. Three of those games were two teams were both coming off a bye, so you're going to get a, one, a win that's and a, a wash. loss anyway. Yeah. Right? It's a wash, so I could have gotten rid of those, but it's the same thing. And then somebody said, well, Andy Reid always has his teams prepared off a bye week. Well, this year – they had Tennessee off of their bye week, and they had to go to overtime, and they scored 20 points. Kansas City won 20 to 17 coming off their bye week against Tennessee. So I don't know about this whole, you know, off week that teams are so greatly prepared and rested and all of a sudden. The bye weeks, I think, are a little overrated in terms of teams being prepared. Yeah, I, I, I responded back to this. I said uh, bye weeks are more about getting healthy uh, more more than prepping and washington did neither they did not get healthy yeah. and, and they, did. they did not prep they just weren't prepared and yeah. and this you know command d's here that's when the head coach is supposed to come in and, and make it happen here uh got a couple more shout outs to great watubi here got a two dollar no nation from him has turner ever heard of slants if he has uh he sure doesn't show it yeah and then a five dollar donation to be all over it Love it. Appreciate it. Super Chat's always open, and we do appreciate those support the channel. All you have to do, though, is like it. If you don't want to throw money at us, we understand. Yeah, uh, like the holidays, just hit that like button. That's all we ask. Great Ratubi, no real pass rush. They were worried about containing Jones more than sacks. They got after Jones the first game, Stoner. Mm-hmm. I think that the Giants' game plan this time, though, was to make sure that didn't happen again. Yeah, and, like and, I, and and it was because we we mentioned this in our Wednesday show leading up to this. These two teams are the same. They don't trust their quarterback to be the guy. That's right. You have to protect them. So their Giants' way of protecting Jones this time was to make a lot of those short short passes, get the yeah. ball out of his hands. You know, design some runs for him because he is a solid runner. Washington yeah. did the reverse. And decided they were going to put Heineke out in islands on those mm-hmm. on those empty backfields on those five step drops, mm-hmm. and he completed one. I mean, uh, we were losing our dang minds on the sixty one yard pass to Jahan Dotson. Yeah, that was that was a thing of beauty. I mean, the pass. Well, was, it was a, the catch was a thing of beauty. It yeah, it, it was exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was definitely more on Jahan Dotson being him than it, it, it is about Taylor Heineke's pass because Taylor Heineke also missed a wide open touchdown to Curtis Samuel. If he throws that one ball to Curtis Samuel in mm-hmm. stride, there's nobody stopping him. Yeah, no, we, there was yeah, nothing we but talk green. About that but, more, Nathan. That was on the last drive, right? On the very last drive when they had one timeout in under two minutes. And it was like the second play of the drive, I believe. And you can look up the drive chart there. Was a, maybe it was the third. I think it was the second play of the drive where he had a wide open Curtis Samuel. And if he had thrown it in rhythm, and in the field of play, Curtis Samuel walks into the end zone. And instead, he has to make a, a fancy catch and tiptoe on the sideline just to make it, it a catch. It was the first play the first of that play? drive. One minute, 47 left to go in the fourth quarter. Taylor Heineke passed deep right to Curtis Samuel, pushed out of bounds. New York Giants 30 uh, at the New York Giants 30 for 20. Yeah, that's right, yards. because that came off the heels of uh, Antonio Gibson's big 
uh, kickoff return out mm-hmm. to like the 43, right? And then the first play, it was a it was a walk-in touchdown with a better pass. He didn't throw it in rhythm first. He kind of – it was like his second read or whatever. But he should have seen it, and, and that's probably why the DB was up so far because Heineke wasn't looking that way. But a good pass, and he walks into the end zone. And that's the diff- That's the difference. Who knows if Wentz makes that play, or who knows if Sam Howell makes that play? But Taylor Heineke did not make that play. That much we is a fact that you can't change, and that's a big, big deal. And there's a bunch of plays he didn't make, and that's just an, another one of them. Just frustrating play from uh, from yeah. the offensive side so of the ball, Mo- moving away from the run. Uh, Taylor Heineke's limitations. Taylor Heineke had two fumbles this game. Uh, yeah. He he w- lucked out and did not have any interceptions this go around. Should have had one again was, on that last drive. Could have. He certainly could have, uh, but did not. He ended up throwing seventeen or tw- twenty nine times, completed seventeen of them for two hundred and forty nine yards uh, and a touchdown, which was a good good. Uh, you know, good pass out there, uh, Jahan Dotson. Again, Jahan Dotson making um, defensive backs just look yeah. absolutely silly. Can I address something real quick? Absolutely. I just, I just wanted to address this from Sean, who was saying about that pass. Who cares? He completed it. Well, if he had thrown the ball better and he scores the touchdown, we'd be talking about something totally different today. They never scored a touchdown on that drive and never had a chance to get that two-point conversion. So that's why you care if he that he didn't complete it better. So I just wanted to address that. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Sean. In that, yeah, yeah, you know, it was a big, it was still a big, it was still a big play, and it was still a completion. And you know, in some regards, maybe you're trying to milk out more of the clock so that way you can, um, you know. You, you you don't have the Giants trying to drive for a game-winning field goal. But in the end, putting points on the board is what matters, and, and Washington didn't do enough of that. Yeah. Shout-out to our man, Metaphor, here Metaphor. with a $1.99 donation. He's uh, hopping off the 4 train. you got to make that 11 bus. Uh, safe travels uh, wherever you're headed there, Meta. And, I don't know uh, if he's actually going anywhere. I think it's a metaphor he, that he's mm-hmm. hopping off the Heineke Ah, Three yes. Going to the Wentz. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Completely Wentz. missed that. Completely yeah. missed that. Yeah. He's, uh, his name is Metaphor. Yeah. So yeah, anything he go. says is a metaphor. There we go. Yeah. So he's hopping off the Heineke train. Heineke with those two fumbles, two critical ones, one that put points on the board for the Giants, and another one was while they were driving mm-hmm. and unable to put up points again for Washington. I mean, the, yeah. the, this is the things that we're talking about. You get all the way down to the five-yard line and mm-hmm. fumble the ball. Yeah. I mean, just just a backbreaker. Now, also, something to um, <laughs> something to realize about that is we talked about how bad the referees are, and, and maybe we can get into a little bit of, of the referees. But the referees blew that one too, right? Because they called him down, and he wasn't, obviously, because Dayball challenged it, and they, they got the challenge and got the ball. Well, if they hadn't blown it dead, the Giants are running that back for a touchdown, and the game would have been over right then and there because they made a clear recovery, but they blew it. They were like, no, 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 no. There was nobody... 
that was going to stop. I think I don't know if it was Leonard Williams or the other Williams who was picked it up. And he it would have taken it would have taken a great effort from one of our wide receivers to catch right. them from behind. So the referees to, blew to that one too. Uh, yep. They I thought they blew a lot of them. But like I said, did they Washington blow their off. chance there? Should they have quickly gone up and and called another play? Um. I mean, it was fourth down, so they were bringing in the field goal unit. You know what I mean? So what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to rush the field goal unit out? I mean, you can, but the Giants probably just call a timeout and then look at it sure. and then say, you know, if they see Washington, that means, you know, something's keying in their head. Why, why is Washington rushing their field goal unit out here? Let's, let's call a timeout and look at that because it's a crucial play, and it ended up being a hugely crucial play. Taylor Heineke cost them – a minimum of 10 points because they would have kicked that field goal as a chip shot, right? That would have made it 17, 12, 17, 15. I don't even remember what the score was at the time. At that point, it would have been, it would have been uh, 17, 15. If yeah. they would have opted for the field goal, totally changes, totally changed the game. That was just an unbelievable play, but the officials blew that for the giants. So if we think, you know, that, the NFL is against us and there's a big conspiracy and the officials are being paid to keep Washington out of the playoffs because of Dan Snyder and they want Dan Snyder to sell or whatever conspiracy you're adhering to. It's not real. Okay. They're, they're the officials are professionals. They're, they're very, very good at their job. They're the best in the world at what they do. They train hard. They make mistakes. Okay. And they made a mistake on that play that cost the Giants seven points as well on that particular play. And there were other plays, of course, that I thought that they were absolutely terrible against Washington. I thought the two-point conversion for Dotson, as Chris Collinsworth said on the uh, on the broadcast, uh, the defensive back and the wide receiver come together at the line like that on pass plays every single play when a guy's playing press coverage. That's just what happens in a play. His route did not go blocking into the defensive back. He just simply went to the back and then broke off. And he didn't push him. He didn't smash into him. He ran a route and they met. So that was a bad call. Now, the Terry McLaurin one, okay, the illegal formation. Terry McLaurin clearly said that the official told him that he was good. Terry McLaurin said that. Terry McLaurin isn't going to lie about something like that. That's not who Terry McLaurin is, and that's not a homer statement. We all know who Terry McLaurin is. Even people around the league know who he is. He's not going to lie about that. That official did not, I'm telling you right now, Nathan, that official did not tell Terry McLaurin he was good. He would not tell him that he was good and then throw a flag on him. It's impossible. He's a professional. Okay. There was a communication error. Maybe he, the official thought Terry said, um, are you, am I off? Okay. Meaning am I off the line? Okay. Cause it's just impossible that that official told Terry that he was good and still threw the flag. I'm sorry. There's no way. He's not, it's just not possible, okay? I understand that sometimes there's gambling stuff involved and we've got 
um, history. We've got the Tim Donaghy uh, deal with the NBA and all that other stuff. I understand that sometimes there are rogue officials. That guy's not a rogue official. He shouldn't have called it. I can tell you that much. He should not have called it because Terry asked him, right? So he wasn't on the line, right? Terry is not trying to gain an advantage by being off the line, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is what some people might do. Maybe he's got a fade route or anything, something like that. He's trying to make sure he's on the line. He's not trying to gain an advantage. And I think the official should have interpreted that, that Terry's not trying to gain the system here, right? He's not trying to pull one over on the official. He's trying to make sure that he's in the right spot. So I just want to make that clear about that official. Okay, Terry's not lying, but the official did not tell him he's good. And then throw a flag out. Yeah, one There's of the, no one of the things I noticed about it after watching it multiple times is Terry doesn't look back at the ref. Terry also didn't really move, by the way. Like he he kind of like did a, like a half shuffle. He, he like kind of maybe like a step, you know. Right, yeah. but it was a little bit more of just a, okay. I'll lean forward a little bit. Right, right. Um, and then he 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 did wave his hand back out, but he was looking over at his the, other uh, he, he was looking over at Heineke. And uh, and the play, so he was definitely listening for the ref to say, "Hey, you're good," or move up. And I agree, there's a miscommunication in there. It was a miscommunication, and and, and it's unfortunate. And and I I can see where people are coming from, especially when it comes down to the guy was ready to throw the flag, but that's that's he was definitely ready. Which right, but he shouldn't have been. No, and he yeah. threw it right away. He didn't wait to see if Terry was run a fade or. Terry doing something, you know, running a pattern or whatever. He didn't wait. As soon as that play happened, he threw it. But, yeah, he was absolutely ready to throw it. And if you've got an official or two on the other side of the field who at the end of the game on the fourth down play to Curtis Samuel when the guy interfered with Curtis Samuel and you want to say let them play, don't let the officials you know, make calls at the end of the game, let them play it out. The same should have been said on the third down play with Terry McLaurin, let them play. He obviously was not, he, it's not like he, it was egregious. He, he, yeah, he, he was, was like two he yards was, behind. He was trying he, to inch and up. Like you said, he was no, he, he was nowhere near the play. Yeah. He asked you if you were, if he was good. Right. And then maybe, maybe there's some, you know, miscommunication, but you know that he's trying to make sure. And then, like I said, there's no, no advantage gained. Right. Uh, so just a, just a killer, killer penalty there. Yeah. It was, it was un- just brutal. unfortunate. It was just the, brutal. the no call on the pass interference. Yeah. That kind was of, brutal. I, I just can't, I can't believe that wasn't called. I mean, you had two or three instances before the bear hug that you could have potentially have called yeah, absolutely uh, and thrown a flag and just to have that the game kind of end in that way yeah very frustrating as a fan it became then the topic for national media everyone's bringing up you know Washington kind of got screwed out of this game because that should have given them four more downs mm-hmm. you know it, i i don't want to say that w- we were screwed out of the game because even getting four more downs, you still have to score the touchdown. You still have to get the two point conversion, and mm-hmm. then you're going to overtime. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly so, right. So There's it's not so it's not like this was the game winning touchdown that that gets wiped off because of a uh, of a penalty. But at least give Washington the chance, That's and right. we'll have to see what they uh, what they come up with, and and if we'll see that. Uh, um, you know, usually the, the NFL publishes some kind of like apology letter, like, oh, uh, you know, the refs got this one wrong. Well, yeah. No duh. Yeah. yeah. So and, metaphor and, here. I like this one. I uh metaphor says, I pray Terry was mic'd mm-hmm. up for this game and we get the real audio. That would be something. I don't think you'd be able to hear the ref. Um, but I, and I also don't think it'd be something we'd get. I think the shield's gonna protect that one and they're gonna be like, No, we can't, you're not editing that. We'll keep that for yeah, right. our, our archives and and uh you know, make it what it is. Yeah, P four America knows Washington got jobbed here. Like, really, I mean, it, it, there's no other way to put it. Out of a win, though, they just no. got jobbed on that play. out of a chance. Yeah, yeah. Let's so. let's make that. And great. yes, and, Doug, it is four 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 downs from the one instead of the six, which makes yeah. a difference. They just That's had B Rob run it in, and still got a uh, timeout. So yeah. you know, if you want to run the ball one or two or three times, you can. Everything's wide open. But look, we had a. A first and goal from the from the three or whatever it was against um, Tennessee and couldn't punch it in, right? End up throwing an interception on fourth down. So it's not a guarantee that even if you get there that you're going to get it in. Now, that was Wentz and whatever. Still, it's not a guarantee that you're going to – but, yeah, they should have been afforded the opportunity to do that. And the officials, they don't publicly get um, – you know, reprimanded or whatever to where we see it, but no, they they no do within lines or something. Yeah, yeah, they they have their grading system. I was about to say they have a grading system because you yeah. have to you have to get graded well enough to be on a playoff, uh, you know, line, which is more money and mm-hmm. more recognition and probably more points to some kind of bonus or something they get. I don't know their their pay scale or, or how it works, but yeah. they do get more money just like players get more money for playoff games and they have to get graded well enough to be able to uh, ref a Super Bowl game. So, right. uh, so their job, it, it benefits them to get the calls right yeah. because they get reviewed and, and everything. And, and the refs didn't get this one right for Washington. But as I said, yeah. in the beginning, Washington held themselves back. Yeah. They're the reason why they mm. didn't win this game. The refs are easy to blame. They're an easy target mm-hmm. because, you know, they're they're not the ones wearing burgundy and gold and that's the last play Washington got the run where they're seeing their wide receiver get mugged in the end zone. Um yeah. and they're seeing a, a a flag being thrown for a guy who's nowhere near the the action after, you know, checking it. So I get the frustration and, and the desire to blame the refs. They messed up absolutely did uh terry you know needs to do a better job making sure that he's on the line and you know there's nothing curtis salmon can do better to try to other than maybe catch that and hope that uh they still throw the flag in case you drop it but uh washington just needs to put more points on the board that's going to be on scott turner and they got to figure it out and a lot of people stoner i know you've been trying to jump in on here but i'm going to ask you this Mm mm-hmm is it just is it time to move away from Taylor Heineke? Maybe. Okay, that's my that's not very fair response, and we'll, and we'll get to that. But I did want to 
jump in with two quick things about the last thing we're talking about. <clears throat> Number one, on our community page, we have a poll of who's to blame for that loss. And we have Heineke, the O-line, Scott Turner, or the refs. And the refs are by far winning that poll. Oh, yeah. That's a motion. Because <laughs> they're an easy target, like you yeah. said. Uh, but And then also, somebody did the research. I believe uh, Cody Shook, he's a producer for B. Mitch and Finley or Grant and Danny. Sorry, somebody on 106.7 The Fan, one of their producers, did the research. And in Terry's career in college in the NFL, he's had over 3,600 plays that he's played. And he's had illegal formation called on him. This was the second time in over 3,600 plays that he's played since college. So he's not a dumb-dumb, okay? This is not is not him kind of not knowing the rule or not being in the right position. This was just a miscommunication with the referee. 3,600 plays. This was the second time he's been called for leaving. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's, that is pretty crazy. To that right. poll, by yeah. the way, Heineke with 17%, Scott Turner at 17% as well. Looks like maybe trailing by just a few uh, votes. I don't have quite the, the extensive breakdown on that one. O-line with 11%, uh, referees with a strong f- uh, 55% there. Oh, 700, yeah. Yeah, 740 votes. So, <laughs> Mitty Jr., we always have to put blame on ourselves, but even with our mistakes, we should have won if the refs <clears throat> didn't throw the game. Unbelievable how that went down. Sorry, yeah. I totally torpedoed your segue. It's 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 fine. No, no I, I I I should have known better. I was going for my segue. Yeah, uh, and I I even mentioned as like I know you're trying to jump in here, and I wasn't giving you an an edge wise. Um, good conversation about the refs. Let's move on. The conversation has shifted, and and you're hearing about it on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. You're hearing about it from the pressers today yeah. with Ron Rivera before then that they're going to stick with Taylor Heineke, mm-hmm. but now it seems like the door's at least open to a move. Yeah. yeah. Before Ron was like, nope, we're going to pick a quarterback and we're going to stay with the, that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Now I think it's to me anyways, it sounded like the door's open for a move and we're going to see yeah. Taylor Heineke at least one more time here against the 49ers. But should we just go ahead and pull the trigger and, and move back to that 11 bus as metaphor was talking about? Hmm. Well, do you want to, are you asking me again? I always, I always ask you to clarify. Are you asking me what they should do? Or are you asking me what they are going to do? What I think they're they going to stay with Heineke, right? right? We know that that that's, yeah. that's going to be the plan is to stay with Heineke. What do you think they should do? I have been 100% behind the decisions to go with Taylor Heineke as long as this te- team keeps winning. And I always said, though, it's going to take probably two bad games in a row, and they're, then they might pull the plug. And he's basically had two bad games in a row, a tie and a loss to a team you absolutely should beat. So I think, at actually, believe it or not, I think that they should make the switch. With three games left, I think that they should make the switch back to Wentz right now before the San Francisco game. It's a shorter week. It's He doesn't need the time to kind of learn the offense and everything. Get him out there for two or three practices as the guy, get number one reps with his guys, and get him out there against San Francisco. They're not going to. However, Taylor Heineke has the shortest leash that – that he's ever that he's had as a starting quarterback for Washington. 
you could see if this team goes down 14 to three at halftime, just like they did this week against the Giants, and he does nothing in the first half. I was like five for 12 for 55 yards or something like that in the first half. You could see a change at halftime against San Francisco. If they're getting beat up pretty good and you see their playoff numbers, their their chances of making the playoffs go down, 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 down at halftime or whatever, you could see a switch. I would not be surprised if you do, saw do you think it's gonna take that? Do you think that what if what if there's another sack fumble for a touchdown? Do you think that's enough to be like, okay, we're taking Heineke out and we're gonna throw in Carson Wentz? I mean, or you make be. the switch at halftime. Yeah, I mean, it could be it, any of those are a possibility. Absolutely. But he's got a sh- short, short leash. Is about as short as you can get. Like maybe it is one big negative play like that. And it's just going to be time to pull the plug because you just can't keep doing it. Everybody, everybody was on the Heineke bandwagon is in terms of the team, the players. Okay. That's because they were winning. However, they were winning. Okay. He was your guy. He was your quarterback. But if he's now causing you to lose, which he did this game, he was a huge reason why they lost the game. Then you have to start considering making those changes. And I think that's what they're gonna they're gonna do once he starts, um, you know, throwing up all over himself in this game against San Francisco. Which, by the way, early uh, early tease here, he's not gonna do. He's not gonna throw up all over himself. Washington's winning this game on Saturday. I'm just telling you right now. I love the confidence, especially on this misery Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're here on day after reckoning, covering the game the Washington played the day before. Washington loses 20 to 12 against the New York Giants at home, kind of tanked their playoff chances. Whether or not they move on from Taylor Heineke or not remains to be seen. We'll probably delve into that more in our 100th episode on Wednesday. So make sure you check us out on Wednesday. Now, I I realize it's going to be hard to pick on some go goes and no goes here, Stone, Mm -hmm. with this kind of this kind of loss. No, I got them written down. I'm ready. You, you got you got them ready. One for each. Yeah. Or are you going to try to sneak a couple in before? Probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. All right. Well, let's get those go goes in the chat right now. Uh, uh, right. Who is your go go stoner? Um, I yeah, I like to do this because it's like the obvious, right? Everybody knows this. This one is the go go, and for sure, Jahan Dotson was the go go. That just by that one catch alone was insane that he was able to get up there and get that catch. So that's the obvious one, so I'm not using that one. So here's I'm going to tell you who I'm not using, right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. If you <laughs> make my list even smaller yeah. as we go along. Uh, Tressway was great. He had Beautiful. two inside the five that he dropped in. Were fantastic. Okay, but he's not my uh, go-go. See, I found a loophole here. You know who's my go-go in this game? Uh, well, uh, are you going to tell me who your go-go is or who you're not going to pick for your go-go? No, no. Now I'm getting to my go-go. Oh, man, Dougford stole it. Danny Johnson was very, very good in this game. Okay, Danny Johnson was everywhere. He was breaking up passes. He's the one that actually caused the the non-fumble on Daniel Jones when they because he was barely, and I mean barely down. You see the replay. Danny Johnson was great in this game. And we like to pick on Danny Johnson and what's the guy's wild goose, you know, those fifth and sixth corners mm-hmm. that you hope to never see out there. Danny Johnson had a great game. It was just 
Let me just say that. Yep. Uh, special team teams there. Caleb says Dotson great with two B. B Rob and Jahan are the biggest yep. go gos. Uh, Alcatone going with the guy who was on the sidelines the entire time. Sam Howell as the go-go uh, shout out. This is a go-go here. DJ 23 with a four ninety nine super chat donation. I get going to wince, but you want him behind this struggling O-line. But yeah, like I said, we're going to break this down a little bit more. And I do think that there's going to be some problems when it comes to wince and hello, it's going to go on Scott Turner to actually call plays mm-hmm. that play to the strength. Don't do seven step drops just because you guy, you have a guy back there with the, with the cannon. That's okay? right. Give it, still, still give it to B Rob. Still give it to to uh, Antonio Gibson. Let them do their thing, and then do a play action bomb to Terry or Curtis Samuel or Jahan Dotson mm-hmm. or Deami Brown, who is looking pretty spry there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's my go go this time. If you're going to take away the obvious ones, Deami Brown, I thought played very well with the, he had that that run. He seems to be kind of finding his way mm-hmm. onto the field more. Maybe he's not getting the targets. He did have two targets, no catches. So really I'm basing this off of the the one rush 15 yards, but it's just that it's a good one. This is a guy that that most of us were writing off, right? Jahan Dotson is him. Uh you got Curtis Samuel as a gadget player. You got Terry McLaurin who just paid big money to who's going to be your wide receiver one for years to come. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people after De'Ami Brown's failed rookie season were putting him behind Cam Sims. We're putting him like, is he even going to make this team? So for him to dress and be on the field more, he's he eventually, I think, is going to find targets. You put in Carson Wentz, and I think that he's going to find De'Ami Brown as yeah. he did not too long ago for those yeah. two big bomb touchdowns. And that's what I want out of my fifth wide receiver, right? Or my fourth wide receiver. Yeah, you're Find four. the opportunities that are going to make you successful and on the field. I, that 15-yard that run, Stoner, came out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Did. And on, um, on the play that the late – it was in the fourth quarter when the Giants were running a bunch of guys on and off the field, remember, and they ended up calling a timeout. That was a direct snap to Diami coming across the middle. Maybe it wasn't. That's how it ended up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the whistle was blowing, but as soon as he came across, he caught it. And so who knows what would have happened? But uh, if you guys remember, before the game, you and Trev and the others, you guys went somewhere else, right, to to find some uh, free drinks, right? And I stayed there and I studied the pregame warmups. And when you guys came back, what did I say? You remember what I said to you? You said, said you said Deami Brown is. I said is- two words. And you guys looked at me. I said, Deami Brown. I said, he just looked explosive. I think I use the word spry, but I think he just looked explosive just in warmups. You know, who knows? It's, it's a diff- different level when you get out there on the field. But like you said, I think he's, I think he's finding his way in this offense where he can be a valuable fourth guy that'll be gone as soon as his rookie contract's over. Oh, but. sure. But he's Deami Brown uh, kick returner if Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. moves on. Mm-hmm. Not bad. I don't hate it. Maybe. There's mm-hmm. probably we'll a reason see. he's not doing it, though. <laughs> well, right now you have Antonio Gibson. Why Why would you? Antonio Gibson, strong uh, option there for a go-go as well with the big return to, mm-hmm. to start that last drive of Washington and a pretty successful day there in the backfield. Biggie Steve. <laughs> For the dollar ninety nine donation, we need refs in the booth to call plays like this. They've got to figure out a way to just make the the reviews quicker. 
It, yeah. it just takes too much time. And and I saw earlier someone was like, they got they got to make the pass interference reviewable. They tried that first season. It was just a disaster. Uh, they they the the gameplay is already slowed down so much. Mm-hmm. You can't continue to have VAR if you're going to take a like, term you might have learned from the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you can't just always go to the review booth. But I do think that they've got to figure out ways to to make the speed up the game and make these calls the right calls. That's that includes going for a touchdown. Why why if we go into a scrum we can't tell where the football is. You can't tell me that technology has not you know, come to the point where we can tell where the football is on the field at any point. Yeah. So, or first downs, you know, first the, downs, the 10 yeah. yards. Got to bring out the chain every yeah, time. Right, like, right. There's, there's definitely some, some ways they got to improve the game in that regard. Uh, and there's some of these players who need to improve their game on the field. Let's talk about the no goes here, Stoner. Mm-hmm. What do you got there for a no go? We got several in the chat already. A lot of people yeah. tearing up the offensive line. Charles Leno. Sure. Is being a target. Uh, Scott Turner, uh, Roger, we knew that you were going to hate the fact that they (laughs) moved away from from the run. They they were doing so well with the run, too. Scott Turner Mm -hmm. is probably the obvious one here. We we definitely talked a lot about how he was. This is not a game that he's going to want to come back to. But Stoner, who's your no go for this game? I I was going to do Scott Turner, but, you know, again, that is an obvious one, right? So I'm not going to do <laughs> Scott Turner. But um but you know what? What's going on with this these evaluations of medical issues? Okay? Chase Young was designated for return 7 weeks ago. Okay? Which means you have 3 weeks to decide if he's going to be activated to the 53 man roster. Okay, that was seven weeks ago. Three weeks after that, they decided, yes, we're going to activate him to the 53-man roster. Okay, that was a month ago, and he hasn't played. Why did they go through the process of using a roster spot on Chase Young, although you're not going to activate him for a month now? It's three games, but it's a month that he's not playing. Why is Sam Cosme... Okay, out there, not on IR or whatever, and he's activated and he's not playing, and you have a horrible offensive line, and he can't beat out your right tackle. He can't beat out your right guard, as some people want him to play guard. Okay, what's going on with these decisions that they're making with some of these injuries? I don't understand it. Okay, Sam Cosme, if he's activated, has got to be better than those other guys. And if you're saying he's banged up, then he shouldn't be activated. He should be on IR and get somebody else in there, whether it's a punt returner, whether it's another kicker if people don't like Joey Sly, whether it's a whatever, another running back. Okay, I don't know what it is. What is going on with this whole decisions with these injured players? So that's my... No go. I don't know who that is specifically. I don't know if you just blame Ron and 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 the front office staff and the um uh what are the guys' names? The they both have the same first name. Marty and Marty. The Martys, yeah. They're Marty and Marty. Yeah. So I don't know. So that's just I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. So 
remember this happened last year with Curtis Samuel. They just dragged yes, him out exactly. throughout the season. Exactly. And he was never healthy. And then you find out that there was more going on behind the scenes. I have a feeling we're going to find out there's more behind the scenes on this one. They keep Press telling us it's attitude. It's it's it just we're just waiting for that right mindset. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? what? Are you telling us he the, this third year player doesn't have the right mindset? Yeah. To that come into the game, he's not well, over the injury. Yeah, and and then and then we hear that no, healthy wise, he's going to play this season. If eventually you have to show that he is going to play, uh, we'll see. They're saying that he is. He might need to because they. This was another game where the pass rush just didn't get home. And they might be, they might need that kind. We had a lot of people in the no ghosts here. We got Taylor, uh, we got Scott, the Rafts, uh, Jack Del Pickle, uh, uh from Sean. The defense folded on big drives. The no go for the tight ends. Uh, Nikki J had a a great uh, tweet earlier on the production of the tight ends mm-hmm. this season. They've only been targeted t- uh, eighty times. That's tied for twentieth. 46 receptions, 28th red zone targets, only eight all season long, 27th uh, tied for 27th there. Red red zone receptions, four. Means that they've been targeted eight times. They've only caught half of those. Yeah. Good for 26. And then uh, only one touchdown, and that's good for 27th. And those those numbers are down across the board from last season. And there's just something there. Maybe, I don't know if it's, Missing Armani Rogers, Logan Thomas uh, is the is great with Tubies, no go. You guys know that I've called him decidedly mediocre. I, I've I've I started relenting on that a little bit, but he's he's just not not the guy. Like you don't need the guy at tight end, but you need someone who's going to be uh, productive. And we've seen a lot of good productive uh, tight ends, and Logan Thomas was one of those. He had a good season. But he's just not. I don't think he's healthy, uh, completely healthy, coming back from the from the injury. And and he's and like thirty two. And, and he's yeah, he's north of thirty. Bates is a blocking tight end. He is. Turner, Sorry, we, like we were raving about him in the off season and hearing nothing but great things. But he's a fifth round rookie, and yeah. he's just not showing it up on on the uh, the field as well. Yeah. So I, I understand the hate for the tight ends on that one. I think the Armani Rogers. Deal. I mean, he was really blossoming in this role, and then he's out for the year. And even Curtis Hodges, when when he started off the year on the active roster. So, yeah, man, I just uh, the tight end room was supposed to be a strength of this team, and it's turned out to be now. Yeah, we thought we were deep. Draft pick. We thought, yeah, we thought we were mm-hmm. deep with Logan Thomas, Bates. You had uh, Armani Rogers, you know, Cole Turner. We're like, oh, this is going to be yeah. a, a good one. You still have Hodges, I think, on the practice squad, or did he? I think it might have been an injury designation. But. Yeah, he got hurt at the beginning of the year, but you're not drafting tight end this year. You're basically drafting uh, Armani Rogers as your tight end for next yeah. year, as long as he gets healthy. Yeah, and hope, hope that Cole he comes Turner. back yeah, and, and develop John, Cole Turner. And John sure. Bates. You don't draft a tight end um, in in the, what was uh, Bates, fourth round? I think it was the fourth round. Fourth round one year, then draft a tight end the fifth round the next year, and then turn around and draft a tight end in the uh, second round, which is what these big tight ends are going to go, right? You, you I'm in the first. Yeah, you're, you're not, not going to. They make the playoffs, and you're like drafting a 18. You're not going to take them. No, no, you're not drafting the. Tight, <laughs> not when you've got those guys again that you've 
that you've used draft capital on and you've seen the undrafted free agent like Armani Rogers turn into not a star, but turn into a productive player before he got hurt. And even Kurt, like I said, Curtis Hodges, another undrafted player was just fine there. So you don't, you're not drafting a, a tight end this year. I promise you that. Yeah, not metaphor. Ta- Taylor overthrowing every tight end despite their height. Yeah, like we got a lot of tall, is. tall guys up there, and he's still uh, out throwing them. Uh, Biggie yep. Steve with my actual no go here, and that is uh, that's Ron Rivera mm. is a no go for punting on our side of the field. So it was actually the Giants side of the field is, is the in reference here. Um, so you punted at the Giants thirty-four yard mm-hmm. line. Yep. And then that they was returned the it back to the twenty-four mm-hmm. or twenty-three, I think, which was like yeah, net, net ten yard, 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 yeah, net, yeah, net of ten or eleven yards yeah. off of that decision. And and I still don't get it because we watched them in warmups. We watched uh, Sly and Gano kick in warmups, and we even said, we said, all right, he was hitting them from like fifty-eight, but sixty, he was a little short. So we and were that like, was also the wind at his back. Okay, guess what. We were not, we were there, okay, and we were me and uh, me and who was sitting next to me? Remind me, who's sitting right to my left? You had Julie and or no, you had Rob. Rob, okay, that's a hard name to remember. So pardon me for uh, forgetting. Just that. remember, well, Washington was robbed of their <laughs> chance to win this game. Rob and I were sitting there after that decision, studying the the little flags on top of the. The uprights, mm-hmm. they weren't moving. They're not moving. It's not like it was like gusts or like a little bit of wind here and there. They weren't moving. So this whole idea that it was windy, and if you want to say it was windy down at their level, okay, but up there where the ball's going, it's not windy. You can't kick a 51-yarder in those conditions? Yeah, there might have been the occasional gust that, that And by the way, Graham the Gano away. kicked one in that direction 51 yards. Okay, and it was in the second half. It was maybe an hour later or whatever. There was no wind. I don't get that decision. So good call. Yeah, it was it was a bad one. Uh, we did get a stat correction from the Great Watubia and Metaphor. It was returned to the 30. So oh, it was a four, four yards, four yard net on that punt. That's yeah. that was that just decision. Just, just go for it. If that's was that's crazy. crazy. Uh, he did miss the extra point, though. The That came after this uh this came, that came after this decision yeah sure, and it yeah, wasn't short it wasn't until later it wasn't short it was wide it was, right yeah, and it wide. was plenty of leg by the way it was mm-hmm. that was probably good for if there's one thing game. joey sly is not missing it's some leg power <laughs> that right. guy that looks guy that looks jack. like a horse out there <laughs> Uh, with those those legs, yeah. See, no one says linebackers. Middle of the field was always open. That's what I'm saying. Like this is not the first time we've watched this defense just get eaten alive in yeah. the middle. Uh, just again with that slight delay, they they just spread them out and then uh, have a wide open field. We got to do something to to make that, um, you know, make that a difference. Uh, Roger Smith, this team is full of talent and needs a new staff, especially on offense. Just think what a coach that knows what he's doing can take this team. That's something we're going to have to be hopeful for. And we're going to have we'll that conversation in three weeks. on Wednesday. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, that's that's fair. We'll that's an offseason. Yeah. yeah, that's an offseason question. I'm going to let you guys know right now we're not going to see new new 
new head coach. Mm. We might see we might see a new coordinator uh, or two, mm. but we're not going to see. I don't think we're going to see a new head coach. We'll again we'll Wait talk about it later. Uh, Washington needs this is from uh, TJ too nasty for you. Washington needs to control the opposing fans from taking over our stadium. Heard loud defense chants from the Giants fans. It was really ugly walking down the ramp because uh, I wasn't waiting for the elevator on the way. Uh, yeah, on the way down. Same. It was it was ugly listening to the Giants chants uh, going down. Now there was at least one that. I did not participate in it because I came in late, uh, but it was very loud and it had a lot of people involved. And that was uh, F Dan Snyder. <laughs> right. But outside of that, it was all Giants fans. Uh, okay, doing that. But- and I was surprised to see how much blue was in the stadium, you know, in this regard, because I thought we were going to take it over. I thought it was going to be FedEx, you know, like it was RFK back in the day. No, you knew better than that. Come on, that that was okay. That that's was wishful thinking. That was but, wishful thinking on my. But part. let's let's not get carried away with that narrative again. That narrative is get is way overblown. We were there, okay, so we can give you a firsthand account. All right, it was loud. For oh, the, our our Washington fans were were showing up when they yeah. had something to cheer for. Yes. the team just did not provide us a lot of things to cheer for. It, and. And yes, there were a lot of Giants fans. Okay, that's going to happen. We know that. But the team, the fans did show up. I would say, and I don't know what the official attendance is being listed at, but I would say it was probably eighty-five percent full. Okay, not eighty-five percent tickets sold. I mean, my eyeballs looking at all the seats. It was full, and I took a video of it and I posted it on our account on Twitter that it was loud. And it was a big crowd. Now, on the Giants' side, they had that. That was their side, okay? They had that full, okay? But I would say it was probably 70% Washington fans. That's the percentage that I would give it. I would give 30. And look, 30% visiting fans can be loud because, hello, the home fans are not happy and they're going to be quiet. But I would say 70% Washington fans. But still, I, I, I might, I, yeah, of, I might go to sixty forty Washington fans. Yeah, that's your yeah. percentage. There was a lot of blue, and later in the game, I I started to see the blue that was on the home side. I'm used to it being more of like a college FedEx being kind of like a college, uh, you know, neutral site where you kind of have half as the one one team, the other half is the is the home, mm-hmm. you know, art side Washington. But uh, maybe sixty forty is rough. Maybe I'll go sixty five thirty five. There was there was a non, you know, non zero number of Giants fans there, and they made themselves known as they always always do. Well, it's just like when Washington just has to do their job. When we travel, when Washington fans travel to Atlanta, and if you remember last year when they're in Vegas and all these, uh, they're loud. That's because they are dedicated fans who are traveling. To games who are tailgating who are paying tickets who are staying in hotels overnight they're not going to do that and then just come to the game and sit back in the bar and hang out with their friends no they're there to support their team and be very loud about it okay so that's how it is with visiting teams and especially when their team is winning but it's shown on espn that there were 61 62 000 there 
Yeah, it was nine, 92% is the official yeah. breakdown. 61,917 in attendance with a, a forced capacity of 67,617. So, yeah. so uh, I, you know. Yeah. At the stadium, loud. the stadium, and and, and EP mentioned this a couple times, and to some other people as well. It was the most full we've seen the stadium in a long time. Absolutely, even the four hundred level was you know filled you know up with people. And I mean, they asked us to come out to the game. They wanted us to be there. They knew how important this game was, and they just didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't hit pay they dirt didn't. stoner. Just they just didn't that. come. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. they didn't. They absolutely didn't. And it was frustrating. This is a game that I thought Washington was going to take control of their destiny and mm. show national media and fans they were here to stay. I made predictions mm-hmm. that were bold, Stoner, and those predictions didn't come true, did they? This is time to pay up here uh, for our dollar dollar, our game predictions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 uh, predict dollar uh, dollar predictions we had. Only one of them was the person making the prediction was correct. All the others were those betting against that person Oof. were actually correct. So, oofa doofa. So, that's where you're going to want to like stay out of actually making the bets. You just want to. <laughs> Uh, Normally, I'm pretty good about goading you guys into (laughs) making the bets and then kind of jumping in there. But uh, how'd I do this time? All right. Nathan said Terry McLaurin would be over 85 yards. I believe he had like 82 or something. Uh, He was very close. He was really uh, close. 70 yards. Oh, it's only 70? For some Mm -hmm. reason, I thought it was closer than that. Uh, Only Trev went against you. I abstained out of that one. Um, Point for Trev, right, is what we're saying. Yes. And one minus one for you. All right, Stoner said that Curtis Samuel would have 110. Uh, oh yeah, that yards. that did not happen. Nathan and Trev got that one. Why? Um, why do you think that those runs weren't successful for him and Deami Brown got the one big run? Was it just because they were not expecting Deami Brown to get the ball? Is Curtis Samuel just being overworked? He did have the five touches this time on the ground. He had five targets, so kind of consistent there. And even in the past game, three catches for 44 yards, what he ended up with. I just – I don't know. It was – all of his runs seemed to be inside runs instead of, you know, like the Amis was a jet sweep. Yeah, stretching them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I screwed this one up. So whatever I said about 11 and all that, and forget that because I don't know what I'm doing. It was – I think it was at nighttime when I was – when I got home from the game, I did these. Um, Trev said that Jahan would have any time touchdown. And you and I both said not happening. Well, he did. So Trev got that one. And it was a beauty. It was a beauty. And what was it? It was a three-step drop, get the ball out on a slant, a deep slant, but still, or a middle slant at least. Stoner said that Heineke would have zero passing touchdowns, but he did have the one, so – Trev and Nathan got that one. Um, Stoner said that Heineke would have a rushing touchdown, and he did not have that. So Trev and Nathan got that one. He should have if he hadn't tripped over his own dumb foot or the three-yard <laughs> line or whatever that let, was. Let me talk about that one real quick. I, I try yeah. to use the, these as game predictions and, and kind of talking about the game a little bit more yeah. here. Um, Jahan Dotson pass, by the way, was 19 yards. It, it doesn't give me exactly what they uh, ran there, but it was. But just it was also Jahan Dotson. 
It was also halfway in the end zone, so you got to add like another five yards there. Sure, sure. Uh, it was just, it was a good, it was a, a t- Taylor Heineke deep ball. Taylor Heineke, like two things. Actually, if you're going to, if we're going to praise Jahan Dotson, let's take a moment to knock him down a peg here. Jahan Dotson on that Taylor Heineke run has to get in front of the mm-hmm. defensive player. Mm-hmm. He And he just didn't. Uh, and, and if he does, maybe that makes a difference. But then Taylor Heineke, I don't get why. He was going to the outside. He right. literally takes one step in touchdown. and he falls forward and it's a touchdown. Right. But instead he crunches down and aims not even really for the pylon because he was kind of going out before he was near the pylon. He, he ba- ended up backing into the pylon. Yeah. But if he just takes a step, step to the left, you're right. He's in the end zone. You're right. I didn't get that either. I don't know what he was doing there. And by the time he tried to do that, that's when he stumbled over himself, and it was too late. Um, uh, El, let's see. Uh, Elian, uh, uh, yes, J.D. McKissick is on IR. We'll yeah, see he if does. he returns next season. He could be a, a cut casualty, depending on how they you know. like the the running back team. But he's getting up there in age, so you never know. It's two straight years he's ended up on a season ending with IR. a neck neck injury too. Yeah, Those, that's something Same. you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to play around with that. So he might just choose to retire. He uh, We'll talk about that in the off season. Um, Trev said that Heineke would have one interception and one fumble, but he did not have an interception. So you and I got that one. His parlay did not hit, huh? So, nope. Stoner and Nathan said that Gibson would have a return past the thirty-five yard line, and he did. He got out to the 43. He also had one where he got out to the 31, I believe. He had two nice returns. He had a couple of good returns there. That yeah. that that return, I really felt at that point in the game, and Stoner maybe had the same feeling I did, but after that return, I was like, we're going to win this. Oh, yeah. I, I thought, thought we were going to win the whole there. game, even down 14-3, because I thought we played better than they did, except for that horrible turnover. That's the only thing that this team really did wrong in that first half. It should have been 7-3, and we were moving the ball up and down the field on them. Yeah, I felt that way the same the whole game, but you're right, especially after that uh, return. Mm-hmm. And then you had the big the big pass play to Curtis Samuel. I mean, it, it should have been touchdown, but it was still yeah. a big pass play. So like, many should have been touchdowns. Sh- yeah. Should have, would have. Should have, would have, could have. B-Rob touchdown that should have been because Terry was – not on the line, whatever. And he was way over from our seats. It was kind of hard to tell because yeah, the pilot just kind of get pilot kind of gets uh, stood up. But yeah. watching the replays, oh, he was he was a good like foot and a half inside the, uh, the yeah. end zone there. Um, Stoner and Trev said that Daniel Jones would have two turnovers. He didn't have any, so Nathan got that one. Trev said that Washington would have seven sacks. Stoner and Nathan said no. I think. You were willing to go with five, but Trev wanted to jump to seven. Zero. But that was great game planning, again, uh, by their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator. They they never gave Washington a chance to to do anything. And, and, and we've seen this. So I, I've talked a lot about that running in the uh, open middle there, but we've seen that our pass rush neutralized this way before. Yeah. They just get, you know, teams know they have to get the ball out quick. And just try to – all you need to do is beat one or two guys and maybe you can get a few few yards. Mm-hmm. And Washington's known their their DBs play off the ball. So those, those four-yard passes are going to be open. Mm-hmm. You might risk 
and the occasional Kendall Fuller, whose name we didn't even hear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good you know, thing. Which is a good thing. Right. And uh, I mean, it just, I think they just weren't going to throw it his way because they, he, you know, if they're going to throw these, you know, four yard, you know, hitches, they know Kendall Fuller's going to jump that. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to be down six points in a hurry. Right. So they just didn't go, go towards him, but they could go towards the uh, opposite side. Benjamin St. Juice needs to get healthy and back on this field. Yeah. I thought he was going to be playing this week, but. Yeah, we talked that. TJ, that's an, that's interesting. Use the Wildcat with Gibson, Robinson or Samuel. I love it when we have Gibson and Curtis Samuel, or Robinson and Curtis Samuel, or Robinson and Gibson. I think we've seen maybe once or twice. We saw Armani Rogers back there. Armani the Rogers. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about necessarily as a QB. I'm just saying have them that's flank so you have a couple mm-hmm. different options for mm-hmm. for the RPO sense. Mm-hmm. So. Because both of those, like, you don't have to hand it off to either one of them. You fake the handoff, you close in, and then you can Mm -hmm. dump it. And even if you extend the play a little bit, both of them are just absolute weapons out of the backfield. Mm -hmm. Curtis Samuel and uh, Antonio Gibson specifically. Although we have seen Brian Robinson's uh, pass. Yeah, I got it right there. Um, For our audio listeners, there's sometimes some some really kinky comments in the section. Uh, You know, if they would like the the video, I wouldn't mind it so much. But I think they leave before hitting the like button. That's That's, right. uh, Make sure you don't do that. Make sure you hit that like button for us. All right, let's get back to these uh, these dollar dollar bets that we uh, made and wish that we didn't. Actually, I'm having an amazing day so far. Are you really? I thought I thought I was going to have a horrible one. Here's another one for you. Trevin Stoner said that Saquon would have 90 plus rushing. And I think uh, that was the one that he was like 87 or something like that. Yeah, he was right there. He yeah. was he was at 80, 87 yards. Yeah. So Nathan uh, got that one. Um, And I'm a little wishy-washy on how this one went, but I'm pretty sure I got this right. Stoner said that from the kickoff that they would mention the Daniel Snyder uh, sale. Right, I'm the one that said that they would. Right from the yeah, you said from. I said it once that once it's kicked off, it's all game. Yeah, no, they did uh, at the end of the third quarter, and when they came back com- from commercial in the fourth quarter, yeah, they talked about it. Okay, so, I will take your word for Stoner it. Got oh, trust me. I mean, they did like a almost a, like a minute on it. Yeah, like talking about the sale and the Bank of America. And, right. What's that? Trevor went with you on that. Um. I don't have him written here, but I, I'm going to give it to him. I'm pretty okay. sure that he went with you on that one. I was the only one who was just like, no, from kickoff, he's he's not yeah. going to. Yeah, I just didn't think that was going to happen. I thought the game was going to be good. And I thought that Washington was going to put this one away early and and it was going to be big and exciting and we were going to have a great end to our season. And that's just not what happened, Stoner. Yeah. Uh, but this was a pretty good day for me. We have two uh, more. Um, Oh, we have two more? Yeah, we have two in-gamers, if you remember. Ooh, that's right, yeah. We had one where you guys both said that Washington was going to score a touchdown on their first mm, drive. Yeah. Stoner went against that, and then Stoner took that. And then the second one, I can't remember what it was. I just remember winning. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was an, it was an in-game thing. Maybe it was um, second half, I don't, or it was a certain drive. I don't it's know. It's like a three and out or something like that. I don't know. I'll give it, I'll give it to you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Because we had the other one where I said Sly was going to miss the uh, extra point, and you guys, and you said he's not going to miss it, but we never like consummated. We never said 
Oh okay. sure. Notice this, everybody. He he's not gonna he's not gonna give us the one that. Uh, uh, that I said. You know what I said? I said. I uh, said. Trev or Trev said like he's gonna miss us, isn't he? I said he's definitely missing it. And then Nathan says, "Dollar dollar, he makes it." Or yeah, dollar dollar, he's not missing. It. But nobody said anything. So uh, okay. it's not consummated. I feel like that's uh, that's uh, that's that doesn't count. That's what I'm saying. Doesn't uh, count. Metaphors at least back me on the on the montage there. Uh so you you got that going for you. All right. So that's that there. I don't think I did particularly well this week. You did not do particularly well this week, but it's okay. Uh Trev was at negative one. Um, let's see here. You've got that one, that one, that one, and that one. And you broke even, I think. One, two, oh, three, bad. four, five, six to one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Trev was at negative one. I was at plus three. So oh, nice. Not too bad. The game kind of flowed how I, I thought it was going to. Not quite the result we needed or wanted. But hey, that's uh that's how it rolls. That's what we got to do. So I tell you what, we've got a lot of great questions here. You know, how do we win scoring just 12 points? Hey, we've got to change that. The, you can't, you cannot do it. And it's going to be an even tougher, tougher matchup next week against this Saturday uh, against the 49ers. We will not be streaming that uh, one for play by play on Christmas Eve. So enjoy your time. Uh, and uh, we'll hopefully have some good things to say on the day after Reckoning, which will still be on the 26th, Stoner. Yep. Excellent. Still gonna so happen. You can catch us there. You can catch us this Wednesday. It won't be on Christmas Wednesday. Day. It's not going to be Christmas Day. the actual yeah. day after, yeah. but it'll be on Monday. Christmas Eve, Christmas. We're going we're gonna to be with our families, and then day after Reckoning, Stoner uh, will be back for that one. I am going to be traveling, so I'm not going to be here Wednesday. But Stoner and Trav are holding down the fort. They will be bringing you the content that you need, that you want for the 49ers game. Just make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and catch us on Wednesday at 7.30 live right here on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And until next time, we beat the Niners. Be a fan.